my name's Anna and I'm a primary school teacher by like trade and then um, we started pastoring at our church two years ago so it's still pretty fresh and in um, these topics of discipleship and worship we're absolutely no expert but we have tried a lot of things so it's exciting to be talking about them that's me I'm Tom and I do two things as well same as Anna so I'm a builder and also work at our church so um, yeah love to worship um, love people so we thought probably a good place to start is like what is discipleship so that's something that like personally like I've kind of like wrestled with quite a bit because it feels like disciple has been given so many like I don't know what you call them like endings like disciple discipler discipleship discipling and you're like are we all actually thinking this is the same thing so just as a helpful place to start um decide we're talking about discipleship um that's about making total followers of Jesus Christ making them so reaching the lost and teaching the found um that's kind of where we're starting mm. and what we've defined kind of discipleship as yeah so it's like we're definitely on a journey of figuring out how to go about that um so we want to share some of that stuff with you guys so as a church we probably uh use the word mentor a lot more or used to use the word mentor a lot more up until the last couple of years and i think we just found ourselves getting confused well like what's the difference between having a mentor and being discipled <laughs> you know like that's quite similar language and so um we yeah i guess we went back to the passage in matthew 28 where it talks where um i'll actually go to it i'll turn to it where jesus says um go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i've commanded you um and so we've just kind of seen it as a someone who's a disciple is like baptized believers of jesus who obeys everything that he says that's that's pretty simple it's pretty much a yes man to god <laughs> mm. a yes man to the lord um and and that's what we're aiming for when we're when we're talking about discipleship and being disciples um mm. and the, i suppose this type of rather than mentoring is the, the we're kind of a bit of the difference i suppose is is that these we're making disciples who make disciples that's like a fundamental part of being a discipler is you can't you can't help but go and make disciples and I suppose um, we've been on a bit of a journey as like a church staff team of trying to figure out um, like our, our, how we do discipleship and we've debated so much in our staff team of are we even like doing discipleship and then we're like well people are following Jesus so are we like we don't have a we're not doing this really like clear step-by-step-by-step by step by step process, but there's people following Jesus and we know we need to do it more, but um, we figured that that's the key bit is that everyone who, everyone we're discipling, part of that is they need to be making disciples and making disciples of Jesus and not of us or not of, of our churches. That's something that we got a bit stuck on is we're mm. not trying to make people the discipler isn't trying to make the disciple like the discipler. You're trying to make them like Jesus. So that's one of the things we've been thinking lots about recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think 
we've just, we just got a few notes that we're referring to. So the first thing we've written is like, how do we actually make them? Um, something we've been really encouraged and challenged and has shaped our thinking around discipleship is um, to actually, as leaders in churches, um, we see ourselves as shepherds, right? Like of, of the flock. Um, sometimes, I, th I, th I think we are, we do have the privilege of being leaders as well, but sometimes I think we can hide behind the word leader and not get our hands dirty. But if we're actually shepherds, you know, you're amongst the flock, you're with the sheep, um, with the people. And, and part of that is actually shepherding who's actually in front of you, not who you wish to be in front of you. Um, and so we've seen that God has put this group of people for us. We predominantly have like young adult kind of 18 to what, 35 um, is, is the age group that we are with a lot so um and the people that are in front of us we just want to be faithful to god with investing in them and seeing them grow as total followers of jesus and so um not to say that we, we don't want to neglect or just like put aside the whole let's reach more people and let's let's see the church grow but at the same time i think if we just focus on that the people that are in front of us are not going to get fed and they're not going to um deepen in their their relationship with God and so I think the main shift in, in our mindset has been the quality versus the quantity I know it sounds really cliche but like the quality of the disciple I think is so important mm. um and and then God will God will trust us with more you know he'll he'll trust more people into our care and so um that's that's been a big shift for us actually shepherd who's in front of you mm, totally probably the first one is um trying to trying to make it that everybody is on the front seat in your church gathering so we um in our normal so we run a 6 p.m like sunday night service and then out of that we have um life groups and it's always been like come to a service join a life group and kind of throughout um covid and lockdowns and not being able to have to come as a service we realized, man, in that service, there's only like 10 people that are actually on the front seat. Everybody else, or like the front row, everybody else is can easily default to the back seat. So we've kind of totally changed our like emphasis that life groups are church. You're like home, so that's like home group or a cell group or whatever you call it. Um, that's that's your church and everybody's in the front seat and then with that rather than being teacher centric so say on a Sunday night where someone will preach and they'll be sharing their their insights or thoughts on a passage um, rather it's getting the the word is the main thing everyone's looking everyone's studying it together and maybe someone's bringing ideas but flipping it around because with with restrictions or without restrictions we're realizing that the disciples that we were making by focusing just on the big church probably aren't the disciple that they're not the type of disciples we're trying to make we're not trying to make disciples that can opt into the back seat we're trying to make disciples that are running to the front seat sacrificially living for Jesus disciples that are all in so by naturally kind of changing what we emphasize or what we value um that's been 
that's been awesome. And for some people, there's some people that have still not joined a life group and they may not ever. And we've just like cut our losses and thought they're the only ones kind of missing out on that. But to really be part of this church. In a really caring way. In a really yeah. caring way. But like <laughs> you can't convince people to do something if you're like begging them to and they're still not going to. But um, so realizing that um, if you're if you're part of this church, you're actually contributing to a small group of people. Otherwise, you're kind of totally missing out, missing on, on what's going on, missing out on what's going on. So that's one of the things we've learned. And with the life groups, um, we've kind of changed them as well, where it's always revolved around a meal, sometimes communion, and then Bible study. So it's like we kept on going back to um like the church in acts and being like man how do we what does this look like what are the key um like key pillars of this it's everyone's all in everyone's sharing their lives it doesn't matter if it goes till like 11 o'clock like it's I don't know if that not everyone has to do that but like that it's just this really beautiful uncommon community rather than like a we meet here from this to this but this is church and it's really uncommon in this society so that's one of the things we've been trying sorry probably talking mm. about it but just... no, that's good. <laughs> um other thing as well that we're thinking about is that it's really easy to be super hard on yourself um when you are discipling someone i think um the amazing thing that you see with jesus and his disciples is that none of them were that qualified <laughs> you know like no, none of them had it all together um and I love that because that gives me hope that I actually have something to give to someone else. Mm. Um, and so I think the main encouragement for, for us as followers of Jesus and for you guys in particular now is that just give it a go. Like there's, there's going to be stuff that the Lord is speaking to you about in the quiet place and, um, and even stuff that you've been through in your life that when you start to disciple someone else, you'll be amazed at how God uses it. So I think that's been the main um, roadblock for people actually um, being willing to disciple someone is, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know the um, actual um, meaning of revelation or I don't know the full Bible off by heart. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this huge expectation that we put on ourselves where I don't really know where it's come from. I think it's come from one another. Mm -hmm. But I think God just wants us to be in relationship with one another and, and encouraging one another to grow. And that's making disciples. So um so something that we've tried is just to to start small i think especially in churches where you can go okay there's 50 people in front of me or or however big your church is there's 300 people in front of me and you're like i need to disciple every person now like <laughs> but it needs to start so it needs to start small so we've just tried um the ratio like one to three um and it hasn't always worked so like i'll have three people that um, I'm just being intentional about I'll catch up with them kind of once a fortnight um, or once a week each um, and then the goal is that kind of set a time frame like okay for six months we're just going to go hard and we're going to meet up we're going to um, I guess discover what it looks like to follow the Lord together um, and then I want you to do that with three people each yourself and so naturally you kind of have this like I hate the phrase, but pyramid scheme, <laughs> um, like like rolling out in, in the church of discipleship because they're mm -hmm. discipling three, the next people, the other people discipling three. And so it just 
it just grows, you know, and it doesn't all come back to the one person. Um, so that's that's been awesome. And there's been times when that hasn't worked. There's been times where I've been discipling a guy <laughs> and then he's like, we've been catching up for like four months and he turns up and he's like, um, do you know of someone that could disciple me? <laughs> I was like, what have we had going on? Yeah, what last? do you think this is? <laughs> um, and like, but you get that, you know, like some sometimes just personalities don't fully click and I don't know, there's reasons for everything, but um, <laughs> yeah, just a little encouragement for you. It doesn't, doesn't always work out how you plan it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something that we've found is really helpful. Um, oh, the other thing as well is that we really um felt we want to deepen people's like study of the word and so we've just started up um with this year we've had like a theology group in the morning with intergenerational has been really cool so some younger guys and older guys and Anna's done it with a bunch of girls as well um just going through there's some awesome resources out there um that we've been through um because mm, so. if, if we're like trying to make that quality over quantity um, sometimes just doing things that are purely deep devotional things and like say for both of us they're like an hour an hour quarter before work and it's like a when people said yep I'm keen to do this it was like okay you're committed for the whole year like even when it's hard because what we're getting out of this is what everyone's bringing so that's been awesome and then I suppose lots of people who have kind of I don't know like been sitting in the background not wanting to ask these questions or not wanting to like make a scene of like oh, I don't actually know if I what that's even about this has been like a really safe place to hmm. learn together eh? so that's been a cool thing this like idea of like study groups so. yeah especially in our context I think we've seen a lot of even our friends as soon as they have a hard question that um, they've been wanting to ask for years we would rather they actually felt like they could ask it in our community in our church context rather than just run away because they couldn't ask it and, and kind of be scared of it so that's why we've opened up these study groups um other things as well is have fun with it <laughs> like um it's doing normal life i think especially in like a youth context as well like i remember growing up um i used to have a couple of my youth leaders would pick me up just randomly all the time you know and we'll just go do stupid stuff but um and the, but that, that was part of it all, you know, because there was cool conversations that came from those times. So it's involving, I think, people in your life as well, in the normal, in the mundane. Um, so I think worship flows on really well from discipleship um, as we're thinking about this. Um, to be a disciple of Jesus, I guess you've got to be a worshiper of Jesus. Um, and so um, the last couple of years, and it's probably the same all around the world is has really rocked us as a church in many areas and one of the big ones is worship um and what we see worship to be and our expression of worship in the church um and i think that a huge positive from that is that it's actually given us the opportunity to step back in a lot of areas and especially worship that we're talking about now and actually go um like what is it what is our culture of worship like and and why is it so important to us and actually figure out now how do we actually worship in the way that the lord has called us to worship and grow that that kind of culture 
Um, cause I think we, we found ourselves, um, probably just in a bit of a rhythm, you know, it's like with the, with the church, you make sure a team's on you kind of, you're wanting to see, um, I don't know, get new songs coming out and make sure that you're, you're singing, singing good songs, all this kind of stuff. And it's just like a relentless kind of rhythm of it week in, week out. And you don't really get much of a chance that she's stop and take a breather and, and ask these kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And so we've tried to see that as a positive from this time, even amongst all the frustrations of, oh, I just wish we could come together and worship and wish we could sing together and all this kind of stuff. And um, and it may, and it has felt like a bit of a roadblock at times. So, um, but that's the question that we've been answering, asking ourselves and asking the Lord is, um, is I guess where do we go with worship now? Um, and so, some context for our for our like worship ministry here is that we're from quite we were from quite a conservative background. And so, um, if a hand is raised in worship, it usually had a Bible in it. You know what I mean? Like it was. Um, it was just very quite quite like a serious worship was quite a serious thing and so we've come from that that kind of background um, and now um, I think a few years ago we had like the Holy Spirit really did something in, in the hearts of the people of our community and we've seen um, that our, our expression of worship has been like a um, uh, flow on effect from that move of the Holy Spirit in that time. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, yeah, we've got like an ama- amazing team as well and amazing musicians and great heart. And, um, and, but I'd say like our, our worship times are just really consistent. Like you kind of know what you're going to get every week when, when you turn up, um, which is great. But I think sometimes we've missed the wow moments. So we've missed those moments where it's like, wow, the, the Lord really showed up and I don't, I don't really know what else to do because the Lord's here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't bear for this to end because the Lord's here. Yeah, totally. Um, which which was kind of good timing. Like this, uh, sorry, we've kind of realized that out of this lockdown time, and which leads into what we next we want to talk about is that how we actually move into those being worshippers of like kind of risky worshippers, worshippers who actually just worship no matter what anyone thinks worship in spirit and in truth um and and worship where it's actually uncomfortable for us at times mm-hmm. um but it's pleasing to the lord and so um because we we got to a place where we we're kind of getting a little bit i guess um there's just like a bit of complacency in in the culture you know um so we want to move beyond that but as i was thinking about that um there was a story I wanted to encourage us with from the Bible. Um, and it's in Mark 14. It's about when Mary poured out the perfume over Jesus. Um, I just want to read a little bit of it here, but it says this while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon, the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And I love what Jesus says. He says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Um, um, as I was thinking about that, like to the people that were present, 
it seemed like such a waste for for Mary to pour out that perfume on Jesus. And but Jesus says she's done a beautiful thing to me. And what seemed like a waste to the other people there, to Jesus, it was beautiful. Um, and I was thinking about that in in a worship context and um how Mary didn't reserve anything. She didn't reserve any of that perfume. She didn't just pour a couple of drops on Jesus, but she poured out the whole thing, like she broke the jar. Um, and there's something about the waste, I think, that makes that beautiful. And it's the same in our worship. You know, worship is all in. If our worship is all in and we just pour it all out on Jesus, I think that's when he goes, she's done something beautiful. And it's, it's so much more than just turning up and singing a convenient song or a couple of warm-up songs to a, to a message or a song to, to ease people into the morning. You know, it's a, it's a pouring out of everything. It's, it's an all-in of love and devotion and affection to Jesus. Um, and just the phrase that I was thinking about is time's not wasted when it's wasted on Jesus. And I think so so much in, um, in worship, we can, um, uh, it's, it's easy to be accused of, you just keep singing or, or you're, you're wasting so much time with those songs. The time that you're wasting on worshiping Jesus is not wasted time. It's a beautiful thing and he loves it. He sees it and he, it, it honors him. Um, and yeah, I just want to encourage you with that. And that's um, a journey that I see us going on in our context here is that um, we want our community, our, the people who, are, who we're discipling to waste time on Jesus. It's the best thing to waste time on. Um, and and it's, it's just such a beautiful picture of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're trying to really learn and relearn what it means to actually be people who love worshiping in that way. Um, and there's been a few things that we've tried and we are trying now. So something that we're trying at the moment is that um, the overarching things are actually like learning how to really follow the Holy Spirit in those times of worship. Um, and so we've, um, we do these things that are now called encounter encounter um but pretty much it was open it was called open worship night um and that just started because we were we didn't want to have the time limits of a sunday and so on those nights um they started not many people came it was just an acoustic guitar but we just went lord we just want to worship you and we want to meet with you and just see where it goes and the awesome thing about that is that you didn't need a big sound system. You don't need anything. You don't need a band. You don't need backing tracks. It was just someone with a guitar, someone who could sing to start off the song and just see where it goes. And it's been amazing to watch um, how people's expression of worship has, has grown and, and how we've met with the Lord in those times, the prayers that have been answered, the healings that have happened. And, um, and there's no frills to it. You know, mm. I love it. It's just, it's simple and it's just, it's pouring out worship on Jesus. So, mm. And there's something about being, so say I'm like the worst sinner in the whole world, but so usually like in a big context, I wouldn't really have the confidence to like just start 
singing out my own thing but in that kind of situation you totally do because it's so uncomplicated mm. like even last week our limits have extended so we had like a pop-up open worship night last week and people were just like saying oh can we start singing this song and they just start singing and then Tom on the guitar and someone playing the keyboard was like trying to join in <laughs> but because it's like so no frills like as a worship as a worshiper like oh man all you're just all in there's no it's like kind of almost taking down those barriers mm. for everyone to be all in mm. yeah. yeah um so yeah we've just really enjoyed the freedom of those gatherings i think that's probably honestly been the main thing that we've tried and that it's worked and so we'll just keep keep doing it <laughs> um open worship nights just yeah we allow like an hour and a half to worship usually goes two um but things that haven't worked um is one one thing i could think about was um that has stunted i guess the worship culture is that we haven't talked about this journey and actually laid out a bit of a map of where we want to head and so i think sometimes in our churches we can just talk about this stuff with our worship team people are passionate about it and it's easy to get excited but we leave the rest of our community out of it and so when you want to go on this journey, no one's with you apart from your worship team. And so maybe everyone on stage is with it and they're all, you know, pouring their perfume out, but <laughs> the rest of the church is standing there yeah, looking forward. What's bored. going on? Um, and so, yeah, it's encouragement. I think it's, I think God's in, entrusted us with, um, with leading um, these people in worship. And so we need to do everything we can to, to lead them and like to show them how to pour out the adoration to Jesus more fully and so don't be afraid to talk about it um, and to talk with one another about how to talk about it um, but actually involve your church community in that journey as well as your worship team um, in lockdown times um, we things that didn't work because we tried to overcomplicate things we're like oh that church is doing that stuff and that's really cool maybe we could try that and then it's like <laughs> just <laughs> real crap and so um just stick stick to your strengths like if you've only got someone who plays acoustic just hone in on that and do everything you can to make that the best that you can um and i think it's easy especially at the moment to to either just get a bit bored of what you've been doing for months and months or to compare with other church communities and be like man they have like 10 electric guitarists that all play in the same time over zoom they have like amazing transitions all this kind of stuff um and then you're on zoom with your church trying to sing and it's all overlapping <laughs> you know like um but just stick stick to your strengths in that um and hone in on what you guys have so yeah and i suppose if you the gatherings opening if you're doing online church and getting people together when you're preparing for worship thinking man how can people best like be worshiping in their homes to this and it's often like on sunday tom was on worship on the online service and I was at our house with our life group. So there was about 17 of us here. And the times when we felt most confident, kind of like singing along, it, like having our own times of worship was when it was like the most simple, when it was just Tom singing a cappella, because it just felt like he was singing there too. As soon as it's like complicated or even distracting, like different screens going in a star or something, then it's, I think maybe we're aiming for something different than actually trying to encourage a room to worship so mm. what, what did you say on that like just yeah. 
Yeah, and ask your people, man, what's helping you worship? Did us doing this help or did it not? Okay, change the plan then rather than trying to make something feel really awesome or look really well executed. Hmm. So, yeah, say that for a music video. <laughs> <laughs> um, other thing as well to encourage you guys but also encourage your communities in this time is your personal worship times. Um, and I feel like I harp on about this all the time, but I think there's, it's so, it's, it's amazing. I think if we actually are worshiping in our rooms or in our homes on our own, especially before we lead others, if we do lead others, then um, that's the best place to lead out of, you know, um, having that time where it's just you and the Lord and teaching yourself how to worship. I think I need to remind myself all the time um, how to worship. Um, and I pray that I always will have to keep reminding myself. I never want to feel like I've got it ticked off. <laughs> I always want to be discovering new things about him and learning new ways to adore him through song. So, um, yeah, hone in on that and encourage people, even people who can't sing, to figure out ways to have personal worship times, whether it's just writing down their praises to God or, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably it on worship stuff, but hopefully that's been encouraging.